In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti, Alethos Anesti, I wish you all a very blessed and happy Resurrection Feast. I'm sure when the Lord raised Lazarus from the death, his house, Mary, Martha, his relatives were exceedingly happy to see their brother after he had been dead for four days. Now he is risen and now he is alive with them. But are we rejoicing with the resurrection of Christ in the same way like Mary and Martha rejoiced with the resurrection of Lazarus? Are just we are happy because a person died and he rose from the dead so we are happy for this resurrection? Definitely not. Because as we say in the litany for the gospel, you are the resurrection of us all. So this resurrection actually is for us, for me. His resurrection is my resurrection. Let us understand what does this mean? His resurrection is my resurrection. Any person is born with three problems. Any person. Number one, the sin. Number two, corruption. Number three, death. All of us, we are born with sin, with corrupted nature, mortal. In the Old Testament, God gave them the law. And he told them, do this and you will live. But no one was able to keep the whole law. That's why all have failed. All we were under the sentence of eternal death. So the Lord, out of his love to our humanity, he took our humanity and he united the humanity with his divinity. And at the moment of the union between the divinity and the humanity, the corruption was gone from the human nature in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. From the moment of the union between the divinity and the humanity, the corruption was gone. Then, with our humanity, he chose to accept death by his own will. As we say in the Divine Liturgy, he accepted death unto himself by his own will and authority alone. All of us, I'm speaking about physical death, all of us who don't have authority over death, when the end of our life comes, we die. But the Lord Jesus Christ, as he said to Pontius Pilate, I have authority to lay, it, to lay my soul down and to take it up again. So by his own authority, he accepted death unto himself. Why? In order to defeat death and to abolish the power of death. As we say in the hymn of resurrection, 
Christ is risen. By his death, he abolished the power of death. How he abolished the power of death? Because on the third day, he rose from the dead. So now death has no authority over Christ. And Christ is the Son of God who took our humanity, our perfect humanity. Also on the cross, he carried our sins. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who carries the sins of the world. And he offered himself as a sin offering on the cross. And thus, sin now has no power over the Lord Jesus Christ. He took our sin and he took our curse, as St. Paul explained in Galatians. So, he abolished sin and curse in his body on the cross. With this body, he ascended. In the fraction of Bright Saturday, those who attended the liturgy this morning, there is a very important sentence. We say, You are the high priest of the good things to come, who ascended into the heavens and has become higher than the heavens. Pay attention to this. He went within the veil to the holy place of the holies the place into which anyone of human nature cannot enter. Anyone of human nature cannot enter. So none of us are allowed to go there. But the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. So He took our humanity, and with our humanity, He entered into the Holy of the Holies, the place into which anyone of human nature cannot enter. Why he did all of this? Now the Lord Jesus Christ allowed us not only to believe in him, not only to know him and to have relationship with him, but he allowed more than this, to be united with him, to be one with him, that's why he said about himself, he is the bridegroom, and we are the bride, and the two shall become one. So, through this union, what is his became ours, and he already took what is ours, like he took our sins, he took our humanity, and as I said, at the moment of the union, he abolished the corruption, union between divinity and humanity. He took the death penalty. He took our, what's ours to give us what is his. Let's translate this. Now sin has no power over us. Now we can defeat the power of sin. Now we can actually live a holy life. We have power over sin. And this power is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are indeed and truly united with him. Now, also, corruption has no power over us. 
in the resurrection of the dead, we will be risen in incorruption, without corruption, as you heard in the Pauline letter of today from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And death has no power over us. We will be risen. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. And here the good news. Now we can enter into the holy of the holies. The place into which no one with human nature can enter. Now we can enter. If we are united with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, our celebration of the resurrection is a celebration for all these graces that we received through the resurrection of Christ. But how we are united with him or how we become united is it just because we believe in him? If you say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him, my Lord and my God and my Savior, now I'm united with him? No. There are channels that God set for us to be united with him. A very important channel is baptism. Because in baptism, when we are born from our parents, we are born with these three things, sinful, corrupted nature, mortal. That's what the Lord said to Nicodemus. He who is born of flesh, of human being, is flesh, is carnal. But we need to be born again. But born again not from flesh, but born again of spirit. So in the waters of baptism, because the Holy Spirit descends upon this water and give the water of baptism power for the rebirth as St. Paul explained in Romans chapter 6. In the water of baptism we are buried with him, we die. So the person that is born from our parents is completely dead. And now we are born again. But not born again of flesh, but we are born again of spirit. We are born again without corrupted nature, without sin, and immortal. We can live eternally. And then through the sacrament of confirmation, we receive the Holy Spirit as a pledge of our inheritance that we are the children of God as a pledge for all these graces that God gave us through his resurrection. But we human beings many times choose to sin by our own will and by our own authority. So God out of his love, he gave us another channel to be united with him which is repentance and confession. That's why the church father said about repentance, it is the second baptism. And also through communion. This is his body and that's his blood given for us 
for salvation, remission of sins, and eternal life. And as the Lord said, He who eats my body and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So there is real union. So in communion, because of this real union, we receive everything that's his. We become incorruptible, have power over sin, and also the inheritance of eternal life. So when we celebrate the Feast of Resurrection, we celebrate our resurrection. Because we were dead, but now we are alive in Christ. For you are the resurrection of us all. So, what are the differences between a person who is not united with the Lord Jesus Christ and another person who is a believer and united with the Lord Jesus Christ through baptism, communion, repentance, confession, chrismation, through the sacrament of the church. If two persons right now in the world, one of them is a true believer, and another person is not a believer. What are the differences between these two persons? Number one, we become the children of God. They are not. We got this sonship through our union with the only begotten Son. Through this marriage, we became children of God. Second difference. We are victorious, walking in victory and triumph all the time. Even when we sin, through repentance and communion, we become pure and righteous again. But this righteousness is not ours. It is the righteousness of Christ who gave it to us as a free gift. So the second difference between a person who is a believer and a person who is not a believer, this person in the eyes of God is righteous all the time. But this person is not righteous. How his sins will be plotted. How his sins will be forgiven. Only the blood of Jesus can forgive our sins. The third difference, as we read in John chapter 3, and that is a very important verse, the last verse, 36. He said, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So the third difference, we have eternal life. We will live eternally. We become immortal. But the non-believers, they shall not see life. And they will be the object of the wrath of God. But the wrath of God abides on him. Fourth difference. Now, 
we can have access to the holy of the holies the place into which no one with human nature can enter but how we have access because I am united with Christ so I am entering into through Christ through Christ I will enter into the holy of the holies but these people unfortunately they cannot enter because they have a human nature and as we say this place into which no one with human nature can enter so the resurrection is not just we are happy because somebody was dead and he rose no it's beyond than this this means we became children of God now we are walking in victory we have eternal life we are righteous and we can enter into the holy of the holies definitely there are more graces but let us focus on these five graces that we as believers we enjoy we became children of God we are righteous we can enter into the holy of the holies we have eternal life and we are victorious sin has no power over us that's the meaning of resurrection that's why out of love to our brethren the non-believers why the apostles after the ascension of Christ they went to the whole world and tried to tell them believe in Christ, believe in resurrection Jesus is risen by the way the main message of preaching was resurrection that's the main message of the apostles why? it's not like any political party want to gather more people into this party so we want to make many people Christian so we'll be the majority no, 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 no it's not like this at all but we know if you are not united with Christ then this person unfortunately will not be from the children of God is not victorious will not see eternal life but the wrath of God will be abide on him he is not righteous and he cannot enter the holy of the holies so how come our brethren whom we dearly love we see they are not enjoying all these graces of resurrection so evangelism became a natural response to understanding what are the blessings of resurrection a natural response if I see a believer but a believer by name to actually visit him ask about him try to make him a believer by life not by name because those who have name they are Christian but they are not will not enjoy these five graces that's why evangelism and ministry of the lost sheep is a natural response to our understanding of the resurrection 
if we understand resurrection, it is my resurrection. And through being united with Christ, I will enjoy these five graces. And as I told you, there are more. But for the sake of time, I spoke about only these five graces. If we understand this, our heart will go after every lost sheep, every non-believer, because we don't want to see them not enjoying these graces. So while we are celebrating this feast, we are grateful and thankful to God, because out of His love, when we sinned and when we disobeyed Him, He did not let us perish, but He took what is ours, everything belongs to us, to give us what is His, and to make His resurrection our resurrection. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.